Sirius XM Radio is better with Bogle Wines. 70s on 7, 80s on 8, better with Bogle. Alt Nation, Hip Hop Nation, Hair Nation, better with Bogle. Madison, Howard, Andy Cohen, better, better, better. Y2 Country, Prime Country, Carrie's Country, yep, all better. The Beatles Channel is better, and getting better all the time. Everything on Sirius is better with Bogle. Award-winning family-owned wines ranked as some of the finest available for around 10 bucks. As long as you're not driving, it's better with Bogle. Bogle Family Vineyards, Clarksburg, California. Please drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. This case makes me miss Florida. There's something about the innocence of Orlando that we, I mean, honestly, there. I mean, it's the, the innocence of the no innocence of Orlando. Uh-huh. And the fact that every single documentary about Casey Anthony says that Orlando is a mecca for children. They always seem like, it's a mecca for children and the enjoyment of children. It's like, no, it's not. It's a mecca for Oxycontin. Yeah, well, that's certainly changed. The Orlando magic. Remember when Shaq was on that yeah, team? And Horace Grant. Oh, look at that. And ever since he left town, that town went to shit. <laughs> Did this, it really? is this is Shaq's fault. Sha- Shaq was holding <laughs> Orlando together. He really was. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel staring at Marcus Parks hey, in hey. his uh, apple white shirt. Uh, it was a uh, Christmas, or it was a birthday gift from Carolina. Oh, the eyes Aww. are horrified. <laughs> and in, in uh, not-so-sunny Los Angeles, Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's, it's raining here, so people are panicking because they're weak. <laughs> and I like watching them panic and scurry and being like, what is the, what is, why is the sky crying it's like uh, ancient times um i'm very excited about today yeah absolutely today's episode we're going to cover casey anthony this is going to be uh, one of two parter that's right uh so we're going to get into this case i didn't realize all this happened around a decade ago i felt quite old uh realizing that mm-hmm. you are you're wearing glasses <laughs> oh yeah that's right but i did just order a playstation 4 to come in the mail so i'm young at heart <laughs> oh, i don't something about you and basketball shorts playing the PlayStation 4 is, is I don't know what it is it's it turns my mind it's sad <laughs> Casey Anthony, a.k.a. the most hated mother in America, was a 22-year-old from Orlando with a shamrock tramp stamp who was accused and acquitted of killing her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Kaylee, in the summer of 2008. Mm. She was accused and acquitted. (laughs) And that's a big thing that we're going to hit today. She is not technically guilty. Guilty, that's right. She's not. Man, I love a good shamrock uh, tattoo there on the lower back. That was... It was a great time, the lower back tattoos. Not as in as they once were. No, no. And you don't have to be Irish to get it. No. You just have to show you can live an Irish lifestyle. Yeah, and you just have to go to the tattoo parlor drunk. Yes, yes. Um, I want to, first of all, say up top, let's just get this fucking out Mm -hmm. right now. Casey Anthony is obviously hot. 
Yeah. Okay. God. Let's just do it now. Let's just do it hot now. Case- for an accused murderer. <laughs> That's very hot. That's very hot. Oh my god. She's so she's she is she, obviously she's sexy. It's the last time we're going to talk about it. It's like, there's a lot you know, of convoluted I, messages that come from her. I don't predict the future, but I feel like you might bring it up again. I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, yeah, okay. of course you are. It's because it's one of her skills. It's like in how elves are better to sneak with in Dungeons and Dragons. Her, <laughs> her, just her, like like the. Dwarves know mountains. Casey Anthony is hot. She can use that as a very specific skill. She doesn't have to roll for that. Wow. I haven't. You haven't said something that's gone completely over my head in a while. And uh, there it was. You don't need to know. It's D and D. It's okay. fine. But also, uh, this is a. It's a brutal case. Yes. And yeah. also, what I didn't realize, because honestly, at the time it was 2008. I was struggling in New York. I wasn't paying attention to the right. news. When I, I mean, I had heard about Casey Anthony. It wasn't until we pulled the top off this whole story that I was like, holy shit, this is very complicated. Right. Yeah, I really didn't follow the Casey Anthony case uh, at all during the time. I just remember Nancy Grace screaming at me <laughs> about the case. And Tot mom. That, Tot mom. That's all I really heard. <laughs> well, Anthony's murder case was given the full-on trial of the century treatment, the first of its kind in the social media age. When the verdict of the trial was announced, it's estimated that at least 10 Facebook posts per second were made by people who just had to weigh in. Wow. And we say at least 10 a second because that's the maximum number of posts that Facebook can count. So it could have been 20, 30, or 40. And this was the beginning of the end for Facebook. <laughs> it started and then it ended. Right. And now we uh, now they know everything about us and their building should be burnt to the ground. And honestly, <laughs> Zuckerberg's home should be blasted out with a rocket launcher. And he should should be put in prison, but it's over. It's already done. Your life's been sold to them. Now, whether Casey Anthony is guilty or not, she proved herself during the course of the disappearance, the investigation, and the trial to be a liar. Hmm. Now, one could argue whether she was a good liar or not. She- uh, I'm going to just say... She's not. We'll uh, get I, I would actually contend that she is, given the not guilty verdict. <laughs> well, I, you're all right. All right. Well, she got people to believe her. Yes, but that's she, all a liar has to do, Marcus. <laughs> well, in the beginning, no? like, as she yes. was telling the lie, mm. people were believing her. As she was telling right. the lie, she was very convincing in the telling of the lie. She was just not good at the execution of the lie. Ah. She just made shit up as she went along, just hoping that it would all work out. She was a great manipulator yes but a stupid one hey um tanny do you know that i can dunk from the free throw line <laughs> i don't I, didn't. I can do it i can do it and guess what if you believe me you might just see my nipple i don't <laughs> strange friends <laughs> trial lawyers and investigators like to say that casey was among the best liars they'd ever seen whatever <laughs> yeah, it's also like maybe they're just the most gullible people out there <laughs> but just like the best criminals the best liars don't get caught mm. and casey anthony always always got caught. So that's what technically in the end she always has to admit the fact that she's lying so in the end that makes you a bad liar. Because at some point you have to tell everybody that you're lying and she does it again and again and again. Right. There's nothing worse than you know just living it, talking about a lie for like even if it's like 15 minutes and then just finally being like I'm I'm just lying guys. I've been lying. I got nothing here. Uh, you push too hard. Yeah. If you wouldn't have pushed so hard then we'd all be happy and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And with that, let's get into the pre-Kaylee life of Casey oh. Anthony. 
when we were all at ease. <laughs> I'm not going to blame Kaylee for this because technically that's wrong and I will be pillaged by the internet community. But it is, if Kaylee was not born, this wouldn't have happened. Casey Anthony would just be in, in, be in Orlando having a DJ's other child. Kaylee was a beautiful two and a half year old. I love Of course. Of course it's, yeah, I mean, that, very, that's very what, uh, that is something to keep in mind here is that there is a dead child. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that that is something that we do have to keep in mind here. But this case is very emotional. I find a, it. Well, yes. that's one of the reasons why it was yeah. so popular is because it was extremely emotional. Right. Um, but that still does not, you know, it's just like any other thing that we cover. You know, there are victims in every case right. that we cover. I have never, I have not felt this visceral of emotion while researching a case since, which is sad, since like close to the satanic government, like, and when we got into 9-11 and shit like like. This shit makes me incensed. Mm-hmm. Like listening to how all of this went down, Casey. This this is a this is a we're gonna get a this is gonna be a divisive one. Mm. I think. Well, I'm just gonna say, mothers d- don't kill your kids. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. All right, and fathers don't <laughs> kill your you, kids Kissel. either. Leave them alone. Leave them alive. <laughs> By most accounts, Casey Anthony was a reasonably normal girl during her childhood. People described her as bright, personable, and fairly popular. And I, you know, I couldn't find anyone with anything bad to say about Casey as a kid, and hmm. she never really got into trouble. But Cindy Anthony did say, like, she says, like, little things about how popular she was, but also... In a weird tone, she was like, she had lots of little boyfriends running around, yeah. which is very, like... We're going to play into Cindy, of course. Cindy reminds me a little bit of my own mother, um, which is uh, terrible. I, I just <laughs> promise. This is an issue with you. Yeah, this is. Yes. Everything seems to. I think when we talked about Dahmer, you're like, he reminds me a little bit of my mother. The way she force fed me and didn't want me to leave the house. Yeah, and anytime there's like a horrible old lady, it's always, you know, this woman really reminds me of my awful grandmother. No. Right. Yeah, my grandmother was a fucking horrible woman. We had a Warshak test with uh, Zabrowski over there. But with Casey Anthony, yeah, she was a fairly normal kid. But then high school came, Hmm. and with high school came the lies. Just small ones at first. But at the end of her senior year, she told her first whopper. Uh Uh-oh. Graduation time was coming up, and Casey had been chugging along like any other senior, picking out gowns and tassels and receiving gifts and sending out invitations to friends and family. As far as the family was concerned, all was well. Hmm. But the day before the graduation ceremony, Casey's mother, Cindy, got a call from the school. They informed her that Casey would not be participating in the graduation ceremony. Hmm. In fact, she wasn't even graduating at all. Casey had not earned enough credits to graduate, something she knew well in advance, but had not mentioned at all to her parents, taking the lie just up to the edge. Well, it's almost as if she did all the fun shit and all the stuff that was uh, easy to do uh, and all the party stuff, all the surface stuff, all the stuff on the on the exterior makes it look like everything's totally normal and fine. Right. But on the inside was harboring a super, super guilty secret and didn't want to ever deal with it, which seems to be a pattern. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I feel like the school should have told her parents a little bit before the day before graduation, but that's just... 
resume. Well, the problem is, is that I went through something quite like this. There was a time where, I mean, I'm bad. I was bad at school, but I'm good at tests. Right. So it's like I would go through and like uh, I was really concerned if I was not going to graduate my senior year. And I was kind of waiting till the very last minute to tell my parents until I pass all the tests oh, and yeah. I graduated high school at the very end. But the problem is, is that I could see that not wanting to tell your parents, but the school also reaches out to you several times being like, this is how you can fix the problem. Right. So the problem is that they trust the students too much. <laughs> oh, They're absolutely. Say, yeah, they're, they're talking to the kids as if they can make any sort of reasonable decision. And when you're 17, you don't you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Well, this is probably going to be extremely not shocking, but my graduation was what I'll call a photo finish. <laughs> Very close to not happening. Mrs. Killsdog, Walmart teacher of the year. She let me carry Singer sewing machines to her car. And because of that, I got a C. And then I was off to community college. We always make sure simple Ben can pass on because I don't want simple Ben to turn into big angry Ben. Yep. Well, I, on the other hand, was valedictorian. There was 12 people in the class. <laughs> Doesn't count. Hey, if there are 12 people, hey, you know the top 10% of the class? You know how many people that was? 1.2. It was me. It was you. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Casey Anthony, she was not graduating. It was the day before the graduation. Oh. There was nothing to do here. But Cindy went along with the lie. Hmm. She told Casey to keep it going. Go through the motions, have the graduation party, take the gifts, but do not tell anyone that anything is wrong. In fact, when hmm. Casey's grandparents asked why Casey wasn't going to be walking in the ceremony, Cindy just brushed it off by casually saying that, quote, the school had messed up. Huh. But it seems like they don't, which I think is also going to go for it. There's things about family... In the very where things don't have to be spoken about in specific terms, I think when it came to light, in my imagine how I imagine it went down was that they got the call. She, Cindy registered it and said, "Okay, fine." Talking to the high school. I mean, obviously this is all conjecture, but I can in character building here, which is the thing a lot when people put together the evidence of the Casey Anthony case, they don't think about the people involved. So it's like when Cindy is sitting there. There's not like an overt, we're going to, like a meeting. There's like like how they talk about with conspiracies happening. They're not sitting and talking, this is what we're going to do. I feel like it's a, we're just going to keep pushing forward silently. Mm -hmm. And right. everyone in the room is all going to acknowledge each other slightly with their eyes, but we're going to keep moving forward and acting like everything is fine. And no word will ever be said because if a word is said, the lie is then acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Like the Kennedys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Keep moving forward. <laughs> now... As Henry said, this is the start of a long-standing pattern with Casey Anthony, but mm. it's also a long-standing pattern with the mother. Again and again, Casey mm. takes a lie to the absolute edge, then only admits to the truth when she has no choice. And even mm. then, when she has no choice but to admit it, she still tries to take the lie to the next level. She always thought that somehow, some way, she would figure out an answer. In other words, she's a narcissistic idiot who thinks she's smart. Hmm. For another example, let's go to the pregnancy of Casey Anthony. And that's when she was pregnant with Kaylee. 
We really yada yada through a lot there. Right to the pregnancy. <laughs> there's not a lot to go on. Yeah, there's well, not a lot there. Really? Yeah. All right. What we do know is is that she lived with the, her parents forever. Yeah. The, the whole time, she never left the house. She just stayed there, which is another example of weird emotional stagnancy because they never asked her to leave. Right. She just stayed there in the house and, and kept living and then mysteriously got pregnant. Not unlike the Virgin Mary, <laughs> which was, again, a very, I've very interesting story. <laughs> yeah. That's a c- very common comparison. Casey Anthony and the Virgin Mary. <laughs> well, yes. she had to get her GED, you know? Okay, sure. So she was, yeah, she got, she did get her GED, okay. but, you know, she wasn't going off to college or anything like that. A good enough degree. Yeah. <laughs> and when she was 19, her mother, Cindy, noticed that Casey had put on a little bit of weight, particularly in the belly area. Mm-hmm. Her parents confronted her about it, but Casey denied even having sex claiming to still be a virgin Hmm. you can't even believe how (laughs) empty my vagina has been mom it's like i went looking up there to put a tampon in first of all no period cam and i was like what (laughs) and second of all there was a mouse living in there and i named him frankie and he's my friend and he's the only person i ever speak to after seven months casey finally admitted she had gotten pregnant. But when she wow. and her parents went to a family gathering and people started congratulating her on her pregnancy because she was obviously pregnant. Seven months, yeah. Both Casey and Cindy denied it, saying that it was, quote, water weight. Yeah, but I imagine Uncle Phil has ever been like, yeah, 25 pounds of water weight. Was she some kind of some kind of water cooler in the <laughs> office? <laughs> I'm going to like that, Uncle. Maybe she was training to be a competitive eater. you got to chug gallons and gallons of water. You do. That's it, the technique. It's water and, and you cabbage. can actually die doing it. You'll yeah. be very careful. Oh, yeah. Well, to this day, we still have no idea who Kaylee Anthony's father actually is. Really? Yeah. Although That's we do, shocking. Yeah, we have no clue. Yeah. Although we do have a couple of suspects. At first... Casey told her mother that the father was a man named Eric Baker, guy she'd had a one-night stand okay. with. But wouldn't you know it, not too long after Casey told her mother this, Casey called her mother completely distraught because Eric Baker had died in a car crash. What? Actually, I think I remember really who my the father of Kaylee was. It was Philip Glass. <laughs> He's in Canada. He lives in Canada. The composer. No, 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 no. A guy also named Philip Glass. He's the composer, but of Of, um, of tweets. He's a very funny Twitter comedian. Oh. But unfortunately, he just, let me check my phone, he just died of cancer. Oh, boo. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> and the other suspect was an ex-boyfriend named Jesus Ortiz. He did actually die in a car crash, though. How oh, many, how oh, many people died in a car crash? Two. It's, or, so it's Orlando. Wait, it's fucking Orlando. Remember, but this is also re- before Uber. So sure. people are just hammered and driving. So that is all true. So Eric, both of the people she said, or two out of the three, who died in a car crash. Well, Eric is not real. Well, Eric, Eric Baker is, is not, not real. real. Actually, I'm already Eric confused. Might be real, but <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Eric, but, but that's the thing. It's it's one of the things that Casey Anthony does. She just plucks shit out of reality to I use see. for her own purposes. Okay. That I think Eric Baker, a guy named Eric Baker, did die of a car crash, but we don't know if Eric Baker ever actually knew. Casey Anthony. And she might have just looked in the newspaper, saw the name Eric Baker, and just was like, yeah, that's my 
baby father. This is why we often laugh at Maury Povich, but what he does is a massive service to society. <laughs> Who is the father? Well, these people, Jesus and Eric, they are the only two people that have never been DNA tested. And that's if Eric even existed as a presence in Casey's life during the time of the conception. That DNA testing, though, it was a few ex-boyfriends, even an ex-fiancé. That DNA testing also included her brother and her father. But that whole saga is best left. For the trial, which we'll cover yeah. in episode we'll two. We'll save it. We'll <laughs> save that <laughs> juicy that juicy berry for next week. Oh God! Well, speaking of which, let's get into the parents just a little. George and Cindy Anthony. Profession-wise, Cindy was a nurse, and George was a former cop who, in 2008, was working as a security guard at a movie theater. Okay. Exact same timeline as my father. <laughs> Honestly, my father went from being a cop in New York to be to working for Wackenhut, the security agency, because they give higher rates to former cops. <laughs> Wackenhut? Yes. Wait. Was this a it's place a that Pee Wee Herman might have visited in the nineties? What the hell it is, is a, a Wackenhut? Yes, I think technically it was it was founded by Dave Cooley. Oh my god! Now George, he seems like an all right dude, but hopelessly hapless. Mm. His first wife described him as a quote unquote nothing outside of his uniform. His own father fired him from the family business. And George's greatest aspiration in life was to be a character at Disney World. Oh. I like him. I like him, too. I also like, can just imagine you know, coming home and be like, you're nothing without the uniform. You're nothing. Like that's Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I know. I know. I just, uh, one day I'll be goofy. But they said I'm not tall enough. Uh, but honestly, with George, I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here. He, there was a there was a bit of uh, overseeing that need to have been done in this family, <laughs> and it should have fell on George. Right, but George was owned by Cindy and Casey. Yeah, the two women in his life ran his life very deeply, and if you see these interviews with him and Cindy. He mostly stares. He mostly stares forward, patting Cindy's hand while she's saying shit, being like. Maybe elves took her. Like, like, it's just like she's just saying random ass lies the whole time. It's like, yep, yep, yep. Until later on, where he snaps into action, but it's too late. Yeah. So controlled by two women in their lives. And how triggered are you right now, Henry? (laughs) I just, I am fine with it. I feel good. I feel positive. I don't need to make decisions. No, it really does just seem like George Anthony. He just kind of fell into a life he never wanted. Like, you know, he didn't want to be a cop. He wanted to be goofy, you know, like, but that would actually make, I want all cops to want to be goofy because cops who want to be cops are very dangerous. I'm just saying cops that want to be goofy are not going to handle what's coming up soon. It's like they can't handle the deep issues that are here. Their jobs are to find who stole the butterscotch. And like, like it's <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's a good not mystery a lot of for a cop. Like no, they can't stop a school shooter. Well, that's true. Goofy can't take a bullet for the president. <laughs> yeah, I want a cop that wants to be a cop but wants to be a cop for the right reason. A cop that likes like, Goofy. Yeah, that, <laughs> that likes Goofy. Okay. A cop that doesn't want to be a cop and actually wants to be Goofy, that's a skittish cop. Uh, that's a, that's Anybody that wants to be inside of Goofy <laughs> shouldn't have a gun. <laughs> 
Well, Cindy Anthony, on the other hand, she is a different story other than George. Let's just say the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree here. See, it's theorized that the Anthony family was a narcissistic household, or at the very least, were narcissistic enablers. If you'll notice, every whopper that Casey told was backed up completely by her mother. And these lies were effortlessly backed up. Cindy had no problem lying to her whole family about the missed graduation or the pregnancy. Hmm. Sure, the answers she gave each time were stupid, but she gave them with relative ease. Hmm. She was a real Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> what did Scotty Pippen ever lie about? Assist. Uh, I mean, he's oh, assist. I, see. Yeah, yeah, assist I get it. This is my sports reference. You like it? That's a new person. I remember more of a John Stockton to her Carl Malone. Sure, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever. Whatever. All the basketball men. They're all playing in a team. But a part of it, our narcissism is a very difficult syndrome to even talk about because they're not really sure all of the different attributes that fold into a narcissistic family or a narcissistic personality type. They just know a couple of things. Mm -hmm. One is that everything needs to look good on the surface. Uh, everything has to look pristine from the outside, whatever's happening on the inside, and everything has to then cycle back to very specific members of the house where the whole house has to be obsessed with either the mom or Casey and will eventually become Kaylee, mm. where essentially they all put their own bullshit onto this child. Mm -hmm. And then also, I mean, again, they nothing can reveal the, the secret inner life of what's happened. Just for, for an example, in this family, when Kaylee Anthony was born, Cindy was the first person to hold her. Like, she, yes. like, it was, the baby was like, it was like, oh, we need to give it to the mother. And Cindy was like, no, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And she was actually quoted as saying, like, it was like having Casey all over again. Oh. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's, nor that's not normal. Right? That's, not, that's no. not normal okay. at all. No, no, no. That's a terrible, that's a right. horrifying thing to okay. say yeah, about your uh, your granddaughter. Strange. So, you know, many times in a narcissistic family, every smaller lie centers around a single unifying lie. Everything is fine. There are no problems here. And even if there are problems, we can make them go away if only we just wish hard enough. Psychiatrists call this magical thinking. Yeah, I was going to say it reminds me of uh, the Lost Boys in Peter Pan. <laughs> it really is magical but, thinking. But I will say remember, when it comes to actual magical thinking, it requires ritual and discipline. A part of you go back to the Chaos Magic episodes, it's different in, than just being like, I think it and then it happens. You're supposed to put practice into it. Mm -hmm. They just believe, narcissists just believe they'll just step out and the whole world will take care of them mm -hmm. because they're just so important. Mm. Well, it's something that children do. You know, like to greatly oversimplify it, like a narcissist is essentially like a shitty kid in an adult's body. Mm. Like they have only a sense of self. They have no sense of what's going on outside of their own little world. Mm. You know, these people, they rarely ever think that they need to plan ahead for anything. They believe that they are so important that the universe cares about them so much that everything will just work itself out in the end. And Casey Anthony lived her entire adult life by this belief. All she had to do was keep moving forward and things would all work out. The awful thing here, though, is she was kind of right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it completely <laughs> worked. It completely worked. And also, uh, we have our, our, our president the same exact way. Because you know why? When all you do is lie, everybody in the world, every quote-unquote responsible member of society, their jobs are to either prove that you're lying all the time right. or consolidate their reality to make it match up with your lies. So essentially, we all move towards the aggressor. Everybody moves towards the aggressor because everybody wants to be a part of their magical story for some fucking reason. And Casey Anthony is now, uh, well, we'll get to that. All right. And with that, let's get into the two and a half years of Casey Anthony's life after Kaylee was born and the month that shocked the nation All right. after Whoa! Kaylee died. Okay, here we go. Shocked the nation. <laughs> oh, uh, Marcus, can we put in some like inside edition music? Casey Anthony was a normal, semi-hot Orlando woman in 2007, but in 2008, she just became a little bit more single. <laughs> that is not far off of how inside edition would cover this or did cover this. Now, contrary to Casey's reputation as the worst mother in America, it seemed to outside observers before Kaylee's death, Casey Anthony was actually a fairly good mother, at least by Orlando 20-something club kit standards. Hmm. They said she was sweet and attentive, never rose her voice, and the two obviously loved each other. Like that, mm. Kaylee, Kaylee Anthony never showed any signs that her mother abused her or anything like that. It was always mama, mama, mama. Uh, you, you did make uh, Kaylee sound Italian. Yes. Mama, why you got to put the meatball on my face? And never mind me like. Um, the other thing, though, if you actually read the testimony from her friends and a part of what they tell every one of the statements like yeah she's a she's a good mom she's like she's always got like a book and she's got like toys she's got toys and shit yeah yeah yeah, see, it's always like Casey like never had any cuts on her face, and she like always had shoes on. So she's a great mom. She is great. Which yeah. like she just kept Casey, she kept Kaylee alive, which is great, and they did seem to get along. But she's twenty, and also the child is mostly being raised by Cindy. Mm -hmm. All right, but but for the most part, this is not the worst. Yeah, she's great. This is no, okay. not at all. Like, and she'd bring uh, the kid around, you know, uh, to like boyfriends' houses or like friends or anything like that. And she'd never let anybody like smoke cigarettes around the baby. Uh, and for the most part, she was not the party girl that the media mm. and the prosecution made her out to be. Yeah, that was a big I mean, narrative. Yeah, I mean, she yes. got she got trashed at her twenty first birthday. Got to sure, but everyone does. Right, you're yeah. legally allowed to do it. Yeah. That's what everybody. I was does. dropped into a fountain. <laughs> I'll always remember how in Florida State the uh, the uh, uh, the traditions on your twenty first birthday is to drop you into a fountain, uh, this big main fountain in the center of campus, and I got so fucked up. I don't remember every. Apparently, I was carried to the fountain. Everyone's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dump him in, dump him in, and then they slid me into the water, and I just laid there face down in the water, like such motionless. Wow. You for like, for like, do you have a history of bathing in fountains? <laughs> yes, I do. And then they just fished me out. They're like, God. he's gonna die. Yeah. Well, furthermore, Casey's friends say that most of the time she was the designated driver. And she even, like, she's that shitty friend that, like, yelled at you for smoking pot like it was the worst thing in the world. That's, she's a mother. Even before she was a mother. She was still that friend. She's a pre-mother. <laughs> okay. But so she was a You'll little You'll understand more... once you become a mother, a being a mother is a job that's 24-7. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> but underneath that sweet facade... 
They were layers upon layers of lies. Hmm. For two years, Casey told her parents that she was employed at Universal Studios Orlando as an event planner. That's so close to what her dad wanted her to be doing. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, and this one was when she was living with her parents, so they knew her comings and goings. In reality, though, there was no job. Hmm. And maybe it was one of those things where she said that she only got called in every once in a while. We don't know. But she was still getting dressed for work and leaving for hours, doing God knows what. I think we're going to see this a lot. This is what we see a great deal, is her keeping up these extravagant lies. Right. Nobody really understands. Like, Think about the size of that lie. So Two weird. years, five days a week, eight hours per day, you just go somewhere. And you tell everybody that you're going to work. If she was a 45-year-old man with a suitcase... This would be a tragic story. This would be one of Robin <laughs> right. Williams' last movies when he did a drama. But because it's a tiny hot girl, there's a little bit of like, I don't know. And everyone's like, oh, Casey, you crazy. Which being like, that's that lies in, that that's lie is insane. Yeah. It's it's yeah. more difficult than getting a job. I mean, like, yes. yeah, what do you think she did all day? She puttered back and forth. She would say stuff to her friends, being like, Oh, work is just killing me right now. And then like, like you know, like, oh, I have to drop Kaylee off at the babysitter because it's just too much. I'm so overwhelmed. And and then God knows what she's doing. She's just sitting playing video games or just sitting in her boyfriend's apartment for hours. Yeah, and, so weird. Yeah, and we're not implying that she was like doing anything nefarious or salacious during that. That time because the beach you don't maybe. have to yeah because as as we said like the party girl image was greatly exaggerated because right. it made for a better story mm. but still like two years of leaving and coming back she even did like fake work emails that she drafted herself like she would write emails to herself with Man. different email addresses that she would create uh to show like show her friends and families like no look it's work i, as I with, work as with every one of these episodes this is the point where i Kind of have respect for the monster. <laughs> that the amount of commitment in this situation is, I, I'm a little bit uh, in awe. Of yeah, it. I just also want to point out real early. We've been doing some research for Ted Bundy for another project, a thing we're going to do. But a part of it is like, again, I think with the the where the prosecution made a whole big deal about her being a party girl, which we'll get into, mm. and how all of that is essentially fake, and she she was another one of her personas. This shit is a a thing that Ted Bundy would do all the time. Mm -hmm. This is right. a this is a the the idea of a pathological liar this large is the to me the central issue of just being like this didn't raise a million red flags like this wasn't like the thing where it's like well she's never stopped lying even ever once I don't know well the Universal mm. Studios thing like I don't think people wanted to believe the lie that she would it, lie about something that she like would lie that. about something yeah. that big because she was doing other shit besides just drafting work emails like she even took yeah. her mother out to a meeting she was supposed to have with a fellow employee that she gave <laughs> the name she gave no shit Juliet Lewis oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Juliet her. never showed up. Ah, that's yeah. too bad. Yeah. It's just another example of, like Casey just plucking shit out of reality for her own use. She probably just watched like the other sister the night before. Is yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to meet Juliet Lewis. Hmm. So you thought that she was going to a meeting with the Juliet Lewis playing her character from the other <laughs> sister? Maybe. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
You can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. 
And this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So let's get down to the day in question. On June 16th, 2008, Cindy Anthony left the house where she, her husband George, Casey, and Kaylee shared at 7 a.m. to go to work. George left the house that afternoon. Different timelines put forth by different people conflict here, but the last time George saw Kaylee alive was either 12.50 p.m. or 2.30 p.m. Mm. But Somewhere between the time that George left and 7 p.m. that night, Kaylee Anthony died. Mm. We know it couldn't have been later than seven because that's when Casey met up with the dude that I would hesitate to call Casey's boyfriend, but will anyway, Tony Lazaro. All right. But Tony was not surprisingly a Long Island native going to college in Orlando at the University of Central Florida. Oh, it's all Orlando. It just made all of the hairs of the back of my neck stand up because I just, him with the pictures of him with the backwards hat, no sleeve shirt on, just being like, babe. It seems kind of early for you to move in. Well, I know I'm from Long Island. I don't know. Okay. You want to watch me spin records? Just here alone in my apartment? Yeah, that's sexy. Didn't you just have a kid? Well, Henry, you in us talking about this, like you, you seem to always have something. Like you used to, like or you were always saying, like, "Well, yeah, well, you know, it's UCF." Like, what is it with UCF? With I think University he's just of Florida? Elitist. He's been an <laughs> no, FSU I'm not an elitist. I'm with the Florida State University. It's <laughs> a very it's good saying, school. No, it's that Orlando is one of the darkest cities I've ever been in. The, the nature of Orlando is such a dark, sinister place that it's because only time I've ever been to Orlando, it's been people pulling like the the mirrors off of bathroom cabinets in order to do fucking crushed up Adderall on it. Is it like that's possible? Those are all of my memorable memories of is Orlando. Is it possible and that it World. was just you and your friends that <laughs> no, made Orlando so horrible? College life in Orlando was like that. There's a lot of pills. There's a lot of weird yeah, well, drugs. I believe that. And, and especially back then, because yeah. this is like in, in 2000, I guess 2008, maybe it was, that was past my time. But in 2005, when Orlando was rocking, it was disgusting. Okay. Well, Tony Lazaro and Casey, not surprisingly, had met on Facebook and okay. had struck up a romance just a few weeks before Kaylee disappeared. This guy had only been around for a few weeks when all this shit went down. Oof. And on the night that Kaylee disappeared, mere hours after the disappearance, Tony and Casey went to Blockbuster Video and rented two movies. What'd they get? Untraceable, starring Diane Lane, and Jumper, starring Hayden Christensen. I remember oh, Jumper. Stinkers both. Yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> remember those So days? is that on your block? Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's pick it. You've just killed your son. Kiss all I'm going to say your son. Uh-huh. Marcus, you've just killed your daughter. I've just killed my daughter. What's your bucket list movies to watch? <laughs> what are you going to watch? As good as it gets. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Good ones. That's a good uh, one. 
uh, what's a what's a movie where a kid kills their parents so I'll feel like I just saved my own life? <laughs> the Good Son. The is Good. Close. Maybe the Good Son. The Omen. But the Omen. The I omen. will get the Omen and be like, Whoo, that's good. Thank God I dodged that bullet. Yeah, mine's Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore. <laughs> oh well, of course, that's just a classic. That's actually a fun movie. It's a fun. I mean, yeah. all of those Pauly Shore movies are fun. Thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> well, both Tony and his roommate Roy House, aka Clint said that wait, <laughs> oh, 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 aka a Clint. totally different name that <laughs> yes. is also a real name that would require that a nickname, nickname in order to be an aka oh my name's roy but my friends call me clint that's not why? right <laughs> why though they say they call me clint because i wear nothing but blankets for shirts and my face is all scrunched up <laughs> sounds like you're homeless and insane clint oh yeah. my yeah well they said she showed no signs whatsoever of anything bothering her in fact mm. she seemed to go back on her previous anti-marijuana stance and suddenly one of the guys to teach her how to smoke weed. I gotta say, that is, weed messes with the mind, mm. and I cannot imagine uh, doing, uh, if she did it, uh, <laughs> smoking a bunch of weed. I mean, you just feel like you would freak out. My well, God. Even if she didn't did it, technically. Her kid's still missing, right? Even if she, did, even if yeah. she didn't do it. Uh, sure. You are now, the baby is gone. The baby's gone. You, right. are, you are now reliving a college experience. Like nothing had ever happened. Yeah. Right. You're living with these two Long Island hot boys in a primo Orlando college dorm. Yeah. Not and even a dorm, were- a primo Orlando apartment complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either way, smoking a doobie wouldn't be on the top of my list of things to do that day. You think it'd make you kind of paranoid. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, back when I smoked weed, like I couldn't even like enjoy myself if I'd had like a shitty interaction with someone that right, day. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're on, you're on a lot. We got to get you some CBD like tinctures to mix with everything. I'll, I'll, I'll gig you up in a, in a weird way. If you, you know want. what, Henry, Thank I say you. we let him know. Not let him not have any. Yes, I've yes, been, yes. I've been I doing good for a few years now. I think yeah, you're doing good. There's a t- I'm not going to enable you. There's a fragile balance that's happening here that we do not need to mess with. <laughs> no, no. It's a very delicate <laughs> soup. <laughs> well, four days after Kaylee disappeared, and we can go ahead and say Kaylee died. Like, right. no matter what the story is, in every story that's told, in every narrative that's put forth, on June, uh, in the mid June 2008, Kaylee Anthony died. Okay. Four days after that, Casey kicked it up a notch by participating in the infamous hot body contest. See, Tony, in addition to being a college student, was also a sometime DJ and party promoter with his roommate, Roy, a.k.a. Clint. Okay, and this this is the time in the show where I say that's the least shocking information (laughs) of all time. Question about this. Is there anyone who's not just sometimes a DJ and a party promoter? <laughs> Are you so. always, is there ever like a permanent position? Like, is there like a W9 that you fill <laughs> in a 401k program that you have to be a part of to be a, some, be a DJ and party promoter? I would say Skrillex is a oh, full-time yes. DJ and yes. party promoter to use a, uh, to sure. use a reference from 2008. And yes. Pitbull. Yes. I like Pitbull. Remember him? Yeah, I remember yeah, he, him. He's a DJ. He's still doing it. Yeah, Paris Hilton, a DJ <laughs> as well, by the way. Now, those two guys 
went by the DJ names DJ Anonymous, and that's anonymous with the O, cleverly replacing the Y. And why? How is it clever? I want to ask. How is it clever? <laughs> it's DJ clever. He thought it was clever. Yeah. Oh yeah. The other was DJ Beady. Yeah. The other one was DJ Beady. Ah. Uh, and unfortunately, no. the designation of DJ names is unclear. Okay. It. Um. So all day yeah. long. <laughs> Casey Anthony's hanging out with these DJs. The bam, tick, 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 bam. She's like, that sounds great, honey. This, you're getting better, actually, at it. She's taking over everything, the whole house. Yeah. So remember, during this time, Casey Anthony is now living with two J- DJs. Up until this point, she was living with her parents with Kaylee. Kaylee and her just disappear. She's been there for a long time. They don't know. They don't know where the hell she went. Casey Anthony has only told her friends several weird things leading up until Kaylee's disappearance. She was saying these weird things in text messages to her friends that her parents were going to get divorced and leave the house to her and then leave her out of nowhere. She texts her friend saying, hey, I got to actually get out of the house. My mom wants me to find a place to move in. And then she just moves in with Tony Lazaro, which happened. They met a month before. Now they're living together. She's now living a whole new life. She's taking care of the house like a den mother is what the way kind of the way they put it. She's washing all the dishes. A She's DJ's cleaning den mother. Clothes. Oh, my yes. goodness. Which requ- I, don't I don't know what that requires of you. I don't know what outfit that is. No like, I'm idea. trying to put it in my mind. So on the night of June 20th, DJ Anonymous and DJ Beatty. But why would you want to be anonymous? <laughs> I, I, I just don't, don't you want to be like it well known? Sense. I just don't get it. It should be that- DJ well known. Oh, DJ, everybody <laughs> that makes knows sense. me. Everybody oh, likes my DJ. Money, you have a career. <laughs> so on the night of June 20th, Anonymous and Beatty were hosting a hot body contest at a place called the Fusion Ultra Lounge as a part of That's Dope Fridays. Two for one drink specials for top shelf mixed drinks. Girls are free and guys are half off till midnight. Presented by Seduction Productions. Oh my God. Very also, Orlando. Remember that Tony Lazaro called it all of those things. <laughs> he was a part of Seduction Production Promotions. He called it That's Dope Fridays. And he chose the location of Fusion Ultra Lounge, which also does not exist anymore. Huh. It was closed in 2009. Um, and apparently the sushi was not very good. Oh, so it was sushi? a sushi restaurant. Yes. It was a... The, the whole... So it's it's free drinks for gals, half off for guys, and sushi. So, sushi. oh, the bathroom. Well, but that's on oh. That's Dope Fridays. And guys are only oh, half off till midnight. After midnight, it's full price. Got to get them boys in there. You, you should go there for super sad Sundays where you really regret everything that happened on Two Dope Friday. And then it rolls right into Monday. Super sad Sundays is if you, if you go in with a newspaper and a picture of your kids, you get five free beers. <laughs> Now, for a little bit of perspective, because I was completely unfamiliar with the hot body contest. Sure. Oh, so, Marcus, uh, you didn't go to Florida State University, <laughs> man. Yeah, this no. is the, by the way, I'm from Wisconsin. We didn't have these kinds of competitions. We did not have these in Texas we, either. We had competitions no. where it was like, how hot are the nachos? <laughs> Let's see if you can eat a plate of them. And then you no, got Wisconsin them Wisconsin has the physically warm bodies competitions where we could see which body emits the most heat. And Marcus has the most scarecrow-like bodies because everyone has to blend in with the trees yes. of Lubbock, Texas. Florida's a different beast. <laughs> well, for some perspective, let's listen to just a little bit of the 2015 Miss Budweiser Hot Body Competition held at the Leesburg Bike Fest 
in Florida. I gotta say, Miss Budweiser does not give me an image of like beauty. Like <laughs> you shut up, Kissel. You did, would marry Miss Budweiser, Budweiser in a fucking I, second. I did marry Ben Kissel, and we were having a wonderful life. And I say, I love my Miss Budweiser. <laughs> then you did not watch the Miss Budweiser not, 2015 no, hot body contest. It, no. I would. These women are they're hot. Okay, they got hot bodies. All right, but keep in mind that these are the big leaks of hot body contests. <laughs> Casey Anthony, that was What's but, the minor but, leaks. Casey Anthony, oh. yeah, no, Casey, but Casey Anthony was she looked good. Well, that's I won't mention it again. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, let's listen to this clip. She stands five foot six inches tall. Her measurements, she said she's got a cute face, a little waist, and a big behind. That's not a measurement. Yeah! Long hair and baby blue eyes. And something special about Helena. She said, don't let the mascara fool you. I can go from makeup to mud in three seconds. (laughs) From New Orleans, Louisiana. That is unbelievable and uh, wow. I just we really got transported to the Orlando bar. Miss Budweiser Rotundi. Well, let's listen to one more cuz we just have to listen to one more to yeah. really put this in Florida. Wow. It got the crowd going, but in the opposite direction because they were in gator country. Oh. (laughs) Coming to the stage is number 57. His name is Henry. He is 33 years old, and here's something special about Henry. He'll go from pizza to his underwear in 15 seconds. (laughs) Go (laughs) Nels. No, no matter what happened to Kaylee, Casey was participating in that kind of shit just four days. Days wow. after her daughter died. Red flags. Most likely conked out on Xanax, uh, just like a lot of the other 20-somethings in Fusion Ultra Lounge that night, according to another one of the roommates. Now, just to be a devil's advocate, everyone mourns in a different way. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that she was, in a way, uh, just trying to deal with the grief of uh, losing a kid? You know, that's something um, that, that a lot of people bring up. And, you yeah. know, it's like everybody grieves differently. You know, we, I mean, shit, when we talk about, like, the, when the shit, the, the people that put forth the crisis actor narrative, you know, talk about the Sandy Hook parents and they yeah. say, like, oh, they should be more upset. Why aren't, right. they, why aren't they more upset? You know, of course, they're probably, the kid's not dead. And Kissel, that's rock solid because she's completely innocent. Uh, <laughs> so whatever, you, I mean, yes, of course, that is that is the truth. Yeah. That's how she was mourning. This is how she mourned. But a part of it, too, is that this was cherry-picked 
by the prosecution. The reason why this became such a big deal is that they wanted to paint her moral character in a bad way during the trial, which right. we'll get into, but a part of that backfired. Because right. when it comes down to this was a this is a relatively isolated incident. It just was a big old one. It was just like a really big visible yeah. one. Right, right. Because there were pictures. Oh, and yes. she was having a fucking Awesome. Blast. <laughs> yeah, she was awesome. Like, really These are the ones that set Nancy Grace over the moon <laughs> with rage and anger. Well, as far as everyone at the party who knew Casey was concerned, Kaylee Anthony was not only alive, but in the care of a trusted professional that Casey had given the cute nickname Zanny the Nanny. Uh, also, um, Zanny is a pretty common nomenclature for a drug called Xanax. Which, which, <laughs> um, which she was obviously hopped up on. Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of our listeners already knew. Yep. All three of us knew that. Yeah, yep. I took Zanny the Nanny quite a bit. Because you know what Zanny the Nanny does? It puts you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> also, Tucks you into bed real easy, especially if you have three or four of them. If you are looking for a babysitter and somebody says, I, I'm i uh, Zanny the Nanny, I'll take care of your kid, you just go with someone else. <laughs> well, mostly it's because if they're Zanny the Nanny, they show up with sunglasses in the back of their head like Guy Fieri, and they're like they're all frosted-tipped even if they're a woman. And they should be like, yeah, I'll put your kid to sleep. <laughs> like, all right. Guy Fieri. <laughs> no, I will not. The fictional Zanny had showed up in Casey's repertoire of lies not too long before Kaylee had gone missing, both in statements given to her friends and her parents. There are theories why, Uh-oh. but we'll get to those later. The point is, Casey was the only one of her group of friends that was attached in any way, and certainly the only one attached in this new Fusion Ultra Lounge DJ Xanax crowd. Cool. None Ugh. of her other friends had kids. And none of them were married. She alone had any real responsibility. But that was before June 16th. Now, she was having the time of her life. Mm. In a journal entry dated June 21st, the day after the hot body contest, Casey wrote this in her journal without mentioning any specifics. I completely trust my own judgment, and I knew that I made the right decision. Mm. This is the happiest that I have been in a very long time. I hope that my happiness will continue to grow. Oh, Now, one thing to keep in mind here, though, is that there was no year on this journal entry. The prosecution maintained that it was made in 2008, but the defense said it was from five years earlier, when Casey was still in high school. Now, this right here is the first of huh. many pieces of circumstantial evidence that we're going to go over in this series. There is a mountain of circumstantial evidence implicating Casey Anthony in the death of her daughter, right. but that's all it is. Yeah. Circumstantial. Hearsay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But what the amount of circumstantial evidence does speak to is logic and common sense. Oh, whatever, Marcus. <laughs> Not in the U.S. penal system. Get those two things out of here. Well, what we're going to find out is that this was a case made for a jury to completely misunderstand mm. and misinterpret. So whether the entry was made in 2003 or 2008, it's still evident that Casey was living her best life in the interim between the disappearance of her daughter and the discovery that her daughter had been missing. On July 2nd, Casey went to Cast Iron Tattoos in Orlando and got an awful $65 tattoo of the words Bella Vida written on her back in feminine script, complete with shitty half-assed stars surrounding it. 
did she want to like moonlight as an Italian restaurant? <laughs> what the hell does it even mean? Why? What does Bella Vita mean? Is it- oh, beautiful life. Yes, it's Italian for beautiful life. And again, what you put here, it's tasteless as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But it's not evidence of murder. So she had a shamrock tattoo on the lower back and this on uh, towards the top. And that's in addition to the three cherry blossoms she had on her hip. Well, we're not... <laughs> take everything else aside. We do have to confront her about the tattoo choices that she is going with here. But, well, she said later that she got this... In honor of Kaylee. Oh my God. But that's going to conflict completely (sighs) with another one of her stories. Okay. Casey was having touch and go contact with her parents during this time, albeit criminal ones. On June 23rd, she and Tony Lazaro broke into George and Cindy's shed and stole a few gas cans for her car, a late 90s model, white Pontiac Sunfire. Ooh. I drove a Pontiac Sunfire for six months, and it is fucking garbage. <laughs> Sunfires were a hip car in the 90s. Well, Sunfire's like the official car of Florida. Yeah, sure. I had a Thunderbird. <laughs> I had a Toyota Celica. Cool, man. <laughs> Cool kids. <laughs> uh, George confronted Casey about the cans, so she threw a fit and gave him back, yelling, Here's your fucking gas cans! <laughs> and this incident is also indicative of the family dynamic of the Anthonys. I seriously doubt was the, this was the first time the Anthonys had a conflict involving theft with their daughter. Because George had even called the cops right. about now, the missing that, gas cans. The missing, he did the, this on purpose. This was for a, to, to learn a lesson, which we're also going to find out is a a tactic they use a lot. What I found is interesting. So during while she lived with their with their parents, they paid for everything. But the problem is she never wanted to ask them for money because so technically she had a high paying job as an event planner at Universal Studios. But the problem is so she didn't want to ask for gas money. So the car would run out of gas over and over again while she was driving it. So often that George had to go out of his way and buy gas cans and keep liquid gasoline Uh. in his house so (laughs) that he could go and bail her out. This happened five or six times where the car ran out of gas and they had to go fill it up and go do the shit. So this back and forth was a thing that had happened many, many, many times. And finally got to the point where it's like, you're going to leave without telling us where you're going. You took, we don't know where Kaylee is. You're just gone. And now you're coming and breaking into our house to steal the bullshit we had to buy for your irresponsible ass. Now I'm calling the police going to teach you a real lesson. And they did nothing. Right. I mean, I got to say, you get two run out of gas situations in your life. <laughs> After that, it's like, unless you're on the final lap of the Daytona 500 and you're really trying to win the damn thing, uh, you really, you, you should not be able to, to drive. Well, nevertheless, this encounter was one of the few times George and Cindy saw Casey in the interim between the disappearance and the discovery. The whole time, Casey was telling her parents that Kaylee was either at Disney World, SeaWorld, or Universal Studios, all with Zanny the Nanny. Jesus. Now, why her parents? Also, even for a, even for a two and a half year old, that's exhausting. That is just like too much fun. Like, I, that's a, such a living like Hunter S. Thompson in Fear and Loathing. That is not. That's not a good time. No. At some point, it just becomes very tiring. Yeah, it's extremely exhausting. Yeah, what is this kid? Fucking Madonna in, yeah. in the eighties? It's like, is she live? Is it Michael Jackson? She oh, gets just, just go from theme park to theme park. Now, why her parents didn't ask her how she could afford to pay for tickets to all these places if she's had. Having to steal cans of gas, I don't know. Ugh. But meanwhile, 
people are starting to notice something odd about Casey's Pontiac Sunfire. Uh-oh. Casey's brother, Lee, took a ride in the Sunfire during that time and noticed the car smelled just a touch like death. Casey's explanation. Gotta, it either smells like death or it doesn't. <laughs> like, it's not, like, just a touch of death. It's, 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 it's not an ingredient. Remember in again, these are family members. They right. don't want to fully incriminate right, right, right. True, their yeah. family. So every single time they say this shit, it's just like, the car reeked of a dead That's body. That's what I'm thinking. And he's yeah. just like, I'm thinking it, um, I'm getting like a whiff of them. Like, he's just like, it's a Glade plug-in. Yeah. With a dead foot in it. Meanwhile, he's driving it's, the car like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura after, window, after the window smashed out. <laughs> just like desperately trying to not smell what's in the car. Well, they don't want to confirm the lie because, right. they, and they also don't want to think think that Casey is capable of, of something like yeah. this because they know that she that there's something wrong. They know there's something wrong uh, with Casey. I also posit that they were all scared of Casey. Yeah. I think that there is a part of this where Casey ran that fucking house with an iron fist. This is my own personal conjecture. Also, all these things, like, but I believe that they just, because she would blow up. Every single time someone would say something that was about, say something about the inconsistencies in her life. She'd be like, fuck yeah, you don't fucking know me. And it's like, so when everything goes to 10, how are you supposed to bring up a dead body? Because that's going to bring it up to an 11, like in Spinal Tap. Cindy is just down in the basement watching her stories. George is up there putting on makeup, trying to look like Mickey Mouse. And who knows what the kid, what the brother's doing. I mean, yeah, I could see that. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules, make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and modern did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and i was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue nile bling she's got on her right now get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 or more with code last podcast at blue nile.com that's 50 dollars off with code last podcast at blue nile.com blue nile.com how many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All of my, all my, my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. 
The pen is mightier than the sword, except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right, so Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanadas already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, Casey's explanation about the smell was that two squirrels had crawled up into her engine and died. Okay. Oh, so it's like that Disney movie. <laughs> which, which one <laughs> is that? You Sword in the Stone. <laughs> okay. So Sword in the Stone is when they died of murder-suicide. They did it in her fucking w- wheel well. <laughs> Another friend, Amy Huizenga, hmm. also noticed the death scent. Casey's excuse to her was that an animal had gotten stuck to the front of her car after she accidentally hit it. That animal was a squirrel. Why she would tell two different stories here when one would do just fine is beyond me. And it's strange that she kept the animal the same in both stories. What's also strange is Casey today is now said to very much enjoy taking pictures of squirrels. Was it a jumping squirrel? How do you hit a squirrel with your car? Kissel, you don't. Kissel, you don't. Oh, you You don't. You know what you do? You maybe put a dead body in the trunk. Oh, I see. I'm not saying she's illegal. I'm not saying she's she's guilty. Maybe. Maybe. We'll say maybe. (laughs) But maybe. Okay. So about a week after the gas can incident, Casey stopped her car at a check cashing establishment at one of the busiest intersections in Orlando and parked it next to a dumpster. Hmm. She didn't go in and try to cash one of her fake checks from the job she didn't have, did she? You know what? She actually did go around town writing hot checks that month Smart. You know, during that time because yeah. uh, she stole a checkbook from her uh, friend uh, Amy Huizenga. Uh, and wrote something like $630 in checks to herself over that uh, time period. You guys that are currently scumbags like I was too, you guys really missed the golden age of checks because (laughs) I used to write bad checks all the time. That's how I made, that's how I got food sometimes. So when I was really broke and living in my car, you just write a fake check and it takes them a couple days to realize that it's it's not going to work. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And back in the 90s and early 2000s, grandmothers had that on lock. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my grandmother used to write so many fake checks. Yeah. It was amazing. 
Uh, Casey abandoned the car, claiming that she'd ran out of gas, and the car got towed. Fifteen days later, George Anthony got informed that the Pontiac Sunfire had been sitting in the impound lot since June 30th, so he went to pick it up. I would have been so fucking pissed. This happens again and again and again. She's always running out of gas, because that's what she said. She quote-unquote ran out of gas. That was her story. Yeah, and Mm. this was weeks after both Casey's brother and her friend Amy noticed the death smell, and when George went to go pick it up, both he and the guy at the impound lot remarked on the smell. And the impound lot guy was like, I've seen a lot of cars. Like, I know the difference between garbage and a dead body. Don't tell me what you know about bodies. <laughs> all right? Nope. Because I was a cop with the Orlando PD for 39 years. <laughs> and now I'm back in the game. <laughs> I also think we might have to question this impound guy. <laughs> What's going on? Well, yeah, like Henry said, George being a former cop, he was familiar with that smell. He'd right. run across dead bodies before. So George walked up to the car and opened the door and got hit with what he called an unmistakable scent. Because he could smell outside of the car, but when he opened the door, it was just a waft. Right. So George walked back to the trunk, said a quick prayer. God, give me strength that I can do this on my own. (laughs) Opens up the trunk. Set my daughter. Set my granddaughter. (laughs) Opens up the bag. It was filled with old pizza. <laughs> Is that right? Pizza and maggots. Well, what the hell is she keeping the pizza in the trunk for? <laughs> we'll get to that. Now, think about that. And I know for a fact, because this is what happened. George has been sleepwalking through life this whole time being a security guard. His life's been garbage. He's getting henpecked both sides of him by these two psychopaths. Finally, he could jump back and out. She's been like, I thought I was out, and now I'm back in. And you know that the guy from the impound lot was like, oh, because he's played by Danny Glover. And he roans in, and he's like, yeah, we're getting too old to go around this old trip again. Aren't we, George? Yeah, Danny. Your name's Danny in this. You're, you're playing yourself, Danny Glover. Yeah, we're back in it, and it feels good. Well, the impound lot guy actually had said, because, you know, George and Cindy were, like, they were looking for Kaylee. They're like, we haven't seen her. Uh, And George is, like, casually talking to the impound lot guy and just, like, mentions, like, yeah, you know, we're probably going to get divorced over this. And oh, like, my God. <laughs> Yikes. Like, and when you're telling the impound guy you're about to get divorced, <laughs> you're about good. to get divorced. The impound guy's like, this is above my pay grade. I am the impound guy. Can't really do any help. Uh. Well, George, he opened up the trunk, saw the garbage bag. It's full of pizza and maggots. And he's like momentarily relieved. Lucky maggots, though. But <laughs> yeah, pizza. Oh, you yeah. disgusting. Yeah, yeah, you disgusting. Good day for maggots. That's the first thing that you say. <laughs> But still, George couldn't get the death smell out of Jeez. his head. Oh, he drove, no kidding. Yeah, and he drove the car home, all the windows down, and he called Casey to come over to answer for her transgressions. This was July 15th, when Casey finally showed up back at the Anthony house. Kaylee had been dead and gone for an entire month. Wow. But the Anthonys didn't know that. As far as they knew, Zanny the Nanny had been taking care of Kaylee, but they'd still been worried sick for weeks as this was the longest they'd gone without seeing their granddaughter. Of course. Yeah, because you miss it. They used to see her every fucking day. Mm -hmm. And then you think, Casey Anthony thinks she can just disappear and lie her way to it. But also, they looked, but they didn't look. Mm -hmm. They didn't really, they didn't want to look at what was happening. I don't think they wanted to find out. 
So Cindy, in a nonsensical tough love bid, called 911. Mm. Here is an excerpt of that first call. I have a 22-year-old person that has um, grand theft sitting in my auto with me. So the 22-year-old person stole something? Yes. Is this a relative? Yes. Where did they steal it from? Um, my car and also money. Okay, is this your son? Daughter. Okay, so your daughter stole money from your car? No, my car was stolen. We've retrieved it today. We found out where it was at. We retrieved it. I've got that, and I've got affidavit for my banking account. Hmm. I want to bring her in. And that's the weird thing is that they don't call 911 before. Like, they, right. they don't do any of that shit before. Like, when the car has gone missing, they wait until she comes back. Well, because this was just to punish Casey. Yeah. All of this is a... You could see the way she's formulating the words really carefully. She's looking at Casey, mm-hmm. being like, I'm calling the cops on you right. to make sure you see how serious this is. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, like, nonsense strings while Casey's there pouting because of up until this point, no one's ever challenged Casey's worldview. They are they are letting her. This is the first time. I'm like, well, now it's serious. Mm-hmm. Now that our granddaughter's been gone a fucking month, right. and you stole the car. I mean, also, I know this is a, an extreme situation, but never call the cops on your kids to punish them because that <laughs> that is such a nightmare scenario for everyone. Uh, there's other ways to do it, but this is a, a little bit of a different case. Yeah. Now, so two hours went by and no cop showed up. And over those two hours, well, it seems like they solved the they, they <laughs> solved the case. They have the car. Well, it's like she's saying, like, send the cops over so we can arrest, so they can arrest her. You oh. know, we're gonna they charge. They want her. them to do. They want to do a whole scared straight right, thing, right, which right. happens a lot. Yeah. They want the cops to come. They're going to put the handcuffs on her, put her in the back of the car. Then they say, do you really want to press charges? And then like, should we press charges, Casey? Mm-hmm. Or have we learned from this? Until like the, They want to do that whole act. Until mm-hmm. the prosecutors just say, no, we're pressing charges regardless. And then your kid ends up going away for five years. But there you go. Anyway. Which she deserved to do. Well, I heard, not, for, well, not that she's guilty of anything not besides <laughs> stealing a car. Because well, all she did yeah. was steal a car. Anyway. Well, over... Those two hours while they were waiting for the cops, the Anthony started to put shit together a little bit more. Because remember, they hadn't seen Kaylee in 31 days. Ugh. So Cindy called 911 again. 911, what is the address that's happening? Um, I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. They're there right now? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Snippy. Very snippy <laughs> yeah, phone call the way she in conversation. Well, also, the 911 operator answered the phone's like, 911, what's happening? Hey, what you, what you hauling? <laughs> um, the, the other thing that, so during that, the first two calls, between them two, Cindy was like, now you will tell me this instant, where is my granddaughter? And Casey's like, I don't know. I don't know. She sicked her brother on her because she's like, she always, she always will talk to her brother. So the brother went and said, like, Casey, look what's up. Look what he, what he did. Like, according to the transcripts of what she said happened mm-hmm. and in his testimony. And she was like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like Kaylee's like gone. <laughs> Kaylee's gone. She's Jesus. gone. Which is like, they're sitting there and they're like, what? They're all just trying to like put it all together. And finally, she's like, she's been kidnapped and she just said kidnapped 
And then was like, as soon as she saw everybody react in a, oh, we're sad, she's like, ah, yes, 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 yes. She was kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, after that call, the truth, or at least part of it, slowly started seeping out of Casey. And she finally admitted, yes, Kaylee has been missing for a full month. Taken by the nefarious Zanny the Nanny. Wow, Zanny the Nanny took her, huh? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. But Casey, though, claimed that she said nothing because she was, quote-unquote, embarrassed. That You know what? Mm. That is embarrassing. <laughs> it is embarrassing. Yeah, like when I, I fell down the subway steps today, and I felt embarrassed, and <laughs> I, I felt like I might have killed my kid. Like, <laughs> did I, I you, so Did you call the cops on yourself? Yeah, I was like, I, being feel embarrassed? Da, I feel embarrassed. Yeah. And she also said that she was afraid that Zanny would hurt Kaylee if she told anyone. So this whole month hmm. that Kaylee was gone, Casey claimed that she was on the case. Jeez. Meanwhile, she is hanging out with two DJs doing hot bod competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, she's building a career. I see. <laughs> because up until now, she does not have a career in event planning. And that's not because she can't do it. It's because she literally does not have a career in event planning. I don't know if she's a very and good planner. And now she's being, she's going to be a party promoter, Kissel. Okay. Well, after all that shit comes out, this is part of the third 911 mm. call that day. 911, what's your emergency? I called a little bit ago. The deputy sheriff said, I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her mother finally admitted that she's been missing. Okay, what is, what is your... Now? Okay, what is the address that you're calling from? We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. Oh. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba- the baby is where? That the babysitter took her a month ago that, that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. Anthony. You can, the, the 911 operator is, like, audibly... Like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Yeah. With every call that they make to 911, yeah. like, the operator's like, what is, like, what is this? So confusing. Yeah. Now, this is an extremely confusing and complicated case. Right. Yeah, because it sounds like it's all being conducted by a pathological liar, and all these people are uh, forced to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then, Casey gets uh. on the phone with the 911 operator. Hello? Hello? Yes. Hi. Well, can you can you tell me what's going on a little bit? I'm sorry? Can you tell me a little bit what's going on? My daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. And you know who has her? I know who has her. I've tried to contact her. I actually received a phone call today, now from a number that is no longer in service. I did get to speak to my daughter for about a moment, about a minute. Couldn't be more filled with shit. Right? I know it. <laughs> and that is when the Anthonys found out that the way you get the cops to come to your house straight away is to mention the words, dead body. Ding, ding, ding. They figured it out. Yep. And when the cops got there, Casey finally gave an actual name for Zanny the Nanny. All right. Zenaida Gonzalez. Hmm. According to Casey, Zenaida was a friend of a one-time boyfriend named Jeffrey Hopkins, and Zenaida had supposedly sat for Jeffrey's toddler, Zachary. But when they found Hopkins, he said not only had he never met Zenaida, 
He didn't even have a kid. Oh. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Oh. Do we know is Zenaida an actual name? And I mean that like is is it that, is. that yes. is a yeah, name? It okay. is. Yeah. Well, it I think is. That, it's a great it's a great fake name though. Yeah. At the same time. So the next day on the 17th, Casey took investigators to the Sawgrass Apartments where she claimed Zenaida lived. Mm. She gave them an apartment number and even described the apartment in detail as she was on the way. She's like, yeah, there's a drum set in there. Mm. And like- yeah, and Superman was on the television <laughs> and Superman was there <laughs> as well. He's the butler and there was a licorice staircase and you oh. could lick the wallpaper and Gene Wilde. Wilder would come over. I think that's a, you're I'm describing Willy Wonka. You know, I can disappear, right? Uh. <laughs> like, I can become invisible. <laughs> but when the investigators looked inside this said apartment, they found that not only did Zenaida not live there, but the apartment was totally vacant hmm. and had been for months. Wow. And Casey pretty much gave it a, huh, that's weird. And she switched the that focus. That is weird, Casey. <laughs> it wow. is weird. Strange. It seems like it's like a gigantic, blatant lie that you just told us. See, when cops asked her why she hadn't said anything to anyone, because they also talked to Tony Lazaro and the roommates, and they said that she hadn't said shit. Hmm. Casey claimed, like, no, I totally did tell someone about it. I talked to some of my coworkers over at Universal Studios oh about it. Oh, my God. Listen to this, though, Kissel. Did you know about any of this shit? I this learned with the audience. Like that is my role on this show. <laughs> so Casey took the cops to Universal. But when they got to the front desk, the security guards had no record of a Casey Anthony on their employment records. Huh. But Casey yeah. just kept the lie going, saying, I do so work here. Check again. And then finally, a supervisor was called, and the supervisor figures like, all right, so there's a missing kid, and there are like right. detectives here with this woman, so yeah, just let him in. And so Casey, with the cops in tow, just kind of wanders up to a floor, probably chosen at random, and just starts walking down the hallways. Oh, I know this whole yeah. hallway. You've got the, there's diamonds on the rug, and there's a lamp here, and there's a lamp here, and that's Brad Douglas. Use your name, Douglas, Brad, or, or Steve. That's my boss, Douglas, Brad, or Steve. And I know all of this. This water fountain and I have stories. Oh, my. Yeah, she's Wow, even, the ball. Balls on this woman. She's waving to people in the hallway like she hey, knows bitch. them. You know me, bitch. Don't act <laughs> like, like you don't fucking know me, bitch. Yeah, of course. Like people are just giving her like the uh, who are you? What? Look, uh, hi. they have to be like so confused to be like, maybe I know you. Yeah, like know it's her. like she's and also there's two cops following she her. She is gaslighting the entire place at this yeah. point. This is what I'm saying: is that when you lie strong enough. People roll with the lies because they're just like, they can't even believe that you're lying like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then finally, she got to a dead end. She got to the end of the hallway. She had nowhere else to go. Oh, my God. So she turns around to the cops and said, actually, I don't work here. You can just see her staring at (laughs) the wall for a moment. Shoulders slump. Just turns around. 
Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> not a lie. It's a story. Oh. Would you call Harry Potter a lie? No, because in J.K. Rowling's mind, Harry Potter's real. So in my mind, all of this is real, and you're gone. You're <laughs> you're away from me, cops. Lord. Yeah, and the whole time. There's no sense of urgency. There's no concern. She's just taking it slow, and she just thinks something's going to happen. Okay. Somehow the universe is going to save her. Hmm. And then the interrogation began. They ran at her from as many angles as they could think of. So at this point, they did arrest her at this point. Almost. uh, Almost. 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 They They brought her in. They They brought brought her in. But I like the way they did it, too, where they said, like, listen... We know everything that you said is full of shit. The transcripts of the interview is kind of fun. Yeah. So it's like, we know that you're lying. You've been lying to the fucking minute that we, since the minute we met, all you did was lie. If your kid died by accident, you can tell us. It is much easier to just tell us right now mm. and you can, we can deal with it. Like we can, a lot of people, shit like this happens. It's fucked up and it it's doesn't. a terrible, <laughs> tragic accident, but we can deal with it. Right, right, right. And she's like, nah, no. <laughs> Dr. Octopus took her. Like, you know, it's just like, all right. Yeah, she, okay. She's stonewalling them at every oh, turn. God. So finally, they arrest her for child neglect because they think maybe that's going to rattle her. Okay. Absolutely not. Not in any way whatsoever. Jeez. And that's when George took the detectives aside and told them that he had, quote, bad vibes about the car. But unbeknownst to George, the forensics team was already at work on the Pontiac Sunfire. They started with a cadaver dog named Garrus, whose real-world searches ran in the thousands. We're talking a very good boy here. Hero dog. Very good boy. Good boy. Good boy. I don't know about the name Garrus for a dog. It's either Garrus or Jarrus. It's a professional name. You can't have a cop dog with a name like Peanut Butter. Why not? It needs to have a very serious name. I guess so. Well, almost immediately... Garrus walked back to the trunk and sat down, signaling he detected decomposition. Okay. Interestingly, that's not the only place where a cadaver dog found something in the Anthony house. The other cadaver dog does actually have a very fun name, especially for a cadaver dog. Ruffles, wrinkles, runkles? Bones. Bones Bones. is not... I would not say Bones is a cute name. Well, technically, he was... Bones? He was sponsored by the show Bones. Oh, Technically, they purchased him and they had to put advertising for the show Bones on his side. We are in desperate need of money. How could we advertise for network television? So Bones walked to the backyard and signaled the same way that Garrus had. Hmm. But when Bones went back a few days later, there was nothing. And we still don't know what that was all about. So, yeah, yeah, so right. after the dogs did their job, the police scientists went to work on the trunk. The most glaring piece of evidence was a big stain on the fabric, just about the size of a human child. Aww. So on top of the stain, they found human hairs. Mm. So investigators cut out a portion, took the hairs, and sent them out for testing. But since the 911 call, Cindy Anthony had changed her story to match Casey's. Oh, my goodness. According to both of them, Cindy had just used a figure of speech when she said that it smelled like there'd been a dead body in the damn car. That is not a figure of speech. (laughs) Just because you're a nurse and your husband's a former cop and you've been around dead bodies before and then you specifically said the term smells like a dead body in there. I always say that. 
<laughs> yeah, one in the bush. It smells like a dead body in here. You know how that is. Well, the smell wasn't actually from a dead body at all. The smell was from the garbage, oh. from the pizza. Oh, might be from oh. the garbage if there's a child in said garbage. <laughs> Yeah, they said the pizza, oh it was from Tony Lazaro's house because Casey was acting as the den mother, and so they had a bunch of pizza on because they're college students, so she put the pizza in a garbage, man, garbage mm. bag, put it in her trunk, and forgot about it. So it smells like a dead body is a euphemism for it smells like a dorm room. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, the pizza had rotted and become infested with maggots. She forgot about it for 19 days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it had been in the impound lot. Mm. So it just sat, it sat in a okay. trunk in the Florida sun for 19 days. All right. Uh, and still, there had been no sign of Zenaida Gonzalez, a.k.a. Zanny the Nanny. Jesus. And so the police called a press conference and alerted the media. And the media immediately gobbled this story up, sensing another John Bonet. Oh, my goodness. But the story of Casey Anthony had an added bonus, besides just the John Bonet angle. And I'm not meaning to speak ill of the Ramses here, but Casey Anthony <laughs> was young, <laughs> single, and kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. And according to polls, men loved her and women hated her, but they were all fascinated. Right. Yeah, there was nothing fuckable about the Ramses. <laughs> Well, there's no sex appeal there. It's a big thing about this case, too, specifically. I think and originally we talked about John, the, we talked about the Ramses, and we. I will always believe that she, that John Benet Ramsey was murdered by the government because I think the obvious, it, it's, it's the, fu- it's the saddest, funnest way the, the, the view how that crime panned out. But the, the fascination here really got jumped, I think, partially because we did not have a body for so long. Yeah. And that it's easier to be fascinated with just the facts and the salacious parts of the story if you don't have that footage of the kid being found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a perfect storm right here. Perfect media story. Oh, yeah. And in response to the announcement that a little girl was missing, a company called Equisearch from Texas showed up on the scene and gathered a volunteer search squad of about 4,200 people. Hmm. But they found nothing. They searched for weeks. I remember all of this, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, but who had been found was Zenaida Gonzalez. Oh. Then 37 years old. She informed cops that not only had she never babysat for Casey, not only was she not a babysitter, but she'd never even met Casey Anthony, nor knew anyone who knew Casey Anthony. What are the odds that she would just get randomly made up? Her name was just made up. Dude, we're going to cover that later. Good it's insane. God. The universe. Now, cops believed Zaneda and officially named Casey as a person of interest in the disappearance of her toddler. Hmm. And that is when the 911 calls we listened to earlier were released and all Hell broke loose. You know, I just feel like when the officers release all this stuff to the media, when they do the press conferences, I'm not, I don't think it helps their case very often. Mm-hmm. No, no, I really no. I don't know why it they doesn't continue kissle. to do it. Oh, the cops did not release this story by their own volition. Now, this is already a huge local story, but when you added this, when you added Cindy saying the car smelled like a damn dead body and Casey's callous response, you got something that can go national. Oh. Now, the reason why the cops didn't have any say in the 911 calls coming out, and this is very interesting. This is something that uh, Rachel, research assistant Rachel, taught me. Florida has something called the Florida Sunshine Law. 
This law states that all non-confidential records, including law enforcement records, must be made readily available to the public. And that is the reason why so many of the wackiest news stories, like the ones we used to cover on Roundtable, come from Florida. It's not that Florida is so much crazier than the rest of the country. It's that reporters have more information on Florida crimes and can legally report more details. Florida made themselves a sideshow state, whether it was in intentional or not the florida sunshine law sounds so fun and nice <laughs> like it's nothing but sunshine you're not allowed to fry it on tuesdays it's the florida sunshine law yeah it sounds like the sunshine law is like yeah you have to surf to work <laughs> yeah but in reality it's much worse than that oh my god and around the time the 911 calls came out, Casey Anthony hooked up with the lawyer that ensured her trial will become possibly the biggest Florida sideshow ever. Mm. The inimitable Jose Baez. Yeah, man, this guy, this is a fucking sharpshooter. She yep. got a hold of this fucking guy, this piece of work. He yeah. has been around. Yeah. Now said to be, quote, one of the best trial lawyers of all time by Geraldo. As per Baez's website. <laughs> Very good. Baez was, at the time of the Anthony disappearance, just another relatively unknown and unsuccessful Orlando lawyer. Casey Anthony changed all that. Baez was the mm. perfect person to represent someone like Anthony, just like Leslie Abraham was the perfect lawyer for the Menendez brothers. And we'll see later just how much Baez learned from Abraham. Now, Baez was not the only publicity hound in the Casey Anthony menagerie. He was joined by a bail bondsman bounty hunter out of Sacramento named Leonard Padilla. Uh-oh, Padilla's <laughs> on the case. Padilla. It's Padilla. <laughs> Is it like quesadilla or quesadilla? <laughs> uh, Padilla put up Casey's $500,000 bail and sent her home with a team in tow because... This is interesting. They're like entertainment managers. Yeah. They saw the whole... Yeah. Po- the whole package. Yeah. They're like, oh, fuck. This is it. We're all going to make a fuck ton of money. And the prosecution's so full of themselves. What they're already doing, they are hanging themselves out to dry, airing all of this media shit, which we're going to see... What what the consequences of it? Yeah, are, they definitely. But they're like, we're gonna ride, we're gonna ride this to our own personal fortune. It was like a, she's like a YouTube star. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. That's nuts. So now we've got the nine one one calls coming out. The kid still hasn't been found. It's found out mm-hmm. that Zanny the nanny was a lie, and now Casey Anthony's out of jail, and that is when shit really gets out of hand. Protesters and ill-wishers showed up at the Anthony house. Whole family showed up for this shit. Ill-wishers is a... I wish you ill. (laughs) I am an ill-wisher. I'm wishing you ill. And I'm the naughty police telling you you're being naughty and you get a ticket for being naughty. It's the opposite of a well-wisher. Okay. An ill-wisher. An ill-wisher. You don't want to be around them. I saw footage of a couple of parents... With three small children in tow, slamming on the Anthony's door, demanding they come out. And when the Anthony's didn't open the door... You know, for some reason, I just don't think we're going to go out. Uh, because there is a mob out there wanting to tear us limb from limb. Yeah, when the Anthony's didn't open the door, the mother stood outside. The mother of the you know family that came to yell at the Anthony's, she stood outside and read a statement from a poster board as if Casey had already been found guilty and it was time for the victim impact statements. Wow. 
George even started getting into fights with people on the front lawn. There's footage of this where yeah, there's like, you know, that, it's like, brutal. And he's got like that old man strength yeah. where he's like, gra- he doesn't know how to really fight because it's been a while, but he's just grabbing at people. It's been like, get out of here. <laughs> get away from my family. It's really cr- brutal. It's very like, I could, you could see your family member doing it's just it. It's an yeah. insane scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And day and night, the press camped out waiting to see a glimpse of Casey Anthony. And according to a woman who was a part of the bounty hunters team in the Anthony house, Casey kind of loved it. This, what? No way. Casey <laughs> likes attention? That's weird. Now, this woman, who was a part of the Bounty Hunters team, because the Bounty Hunters, as a uh, condition of them posting her bail, they were like, we need a team inside the house, because they were kind of angling for a reality show. Yes, they, that's what the $250,000, because you have to pay half to put somebody up for bail. And when they put you up, that's an investment. I That's see. for a sizzle reel. Yeah. That is like, this is how this starts. They are now a production company. Yeah, and they did actually, they did still try to go for the pilot. I watched their sizzle reel. It is not impressive. Well, it's one of my favorite shows right next to O.J. Simpson's uh, Juiced. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so this woman, uh, her name was Tracy Conroy. She lived at the Anthony, Anthony house for nine days and nights in August of 2008 so she could keep an eye on Casey. She said she witnessed the narcissistic behavior of Casey Anthony firsthand. One night, Conroy said that she thought she heard Casey crying in a room and thought, Jesus, <laughs> finally, this woman is showing some emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but when Conroy opened the door, she found Casey was actually laughing. Oh. <laughs> God, creeping me out, man. <laughs> Casey, she was on Facebook. And she was Facebook. just tickled pink at a message she'd gotten from a hot guy who said, Casey, you're gorgeous. Oh, my God. And she even waved Conroy over. It's like, come here. Look at this. Isn't he cute? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but the days of hot guys would soon be over for Casey, at least for a little while. The results were in on the car forensics. Cops had sent a sample of the fabric to a guy named Dr. Arpod Voss, who had made himself an expert in the chemistry of decomposition. Arpod? I don't like the concept of self-made chemistry expert of composition. There are a lot of unique names in this episode. uh, What is Arpod? That's a a strange one. It's Arpod with an A. Huh. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So this is Arpod Voss's doctor, excuse me, Dr. Arpod Voss's whole thing. When a body decomposes, it releases specific gases into the air. And Dr. Voss claimed that he'd come up with a method to detect those gases. And this is how it went. First, he'd seal the sample in a paint can. The vapor the What? Yes. No, it's, he's a He did shit he had in his house. Uh, all right. This all is right. just what he did. I'm, he's DIYing. I'm listening. But it worked. Okay. The vapor that was released from the sample was then collected and tested, separating the chemicals in the air to allow each chemical to be addressed specifically. And boy, was there a whole lot of dead body chemicals on that trunk fabric. Is that exactly what he wrote? Dead body and, chemicals. Oh, boy. Oh, dead body chemicals. As, as Dr. Arpod, I can say, oh, boy, is there a lot I of dead say chemicals. That maybe, maybe I farted near the sample. <laughs> but that's where I put farty body chemicals down. You see, 2% of the chemicals were farty body <laughs> chemicals. There was a standard 75% of dead body chemicals. There was some 
residual foot smell, chemicals, and then there was five more percent of fart body chemicals. Towards the end there. Hmm. And then there was the hair they found. Those hairs, nine inches long, light brown, and untreated, were sent to the FBI crime laboratory. The mitochondrial DNA in the hair was tested, and it was found that the only possible owners of the hair were Kaylee, Cindy, or Casey. Hmm. The length and the fact that the hair was untreated, however, meant that it could only be Kaylee's. The hair also had a distinct pattern, a single band of brown discoloration around the root. This band is known as a decomposition band, Mm. and it's only found on hairs that come from a decomposing body. Dr. Voss had one more thing to mention. Decomposition gases weren't the only vapors detected in the Pontiac Sunfire. As you see in the list, it's also farty body <laughs> chemicals. Thank you, doctor. Some, Thank I, you. There is also, I had a roast beef sandwich, and so <laughs> Thank there you, doctor. some roast beef fumes. <laughs> Technically, he's the only doctor in town, so we have to go with him. They also found traces of chloroform, mm. much higher levels than would normally be in the trunk of a car. Yeah, aren't like no, none. No some level? can be. Some can. Really? Be. We're gonna. Some can oh, be. We're gonna have a whole lot of discussions about the chloroform on the second episode. More like Borf. Okay, I'm not. You're gonna have. You're gonna have the opportunity to okay to make that joke. You're gonna have the opportunity. More like you're gonna Borf. Have <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have a very. You're ruining it right now because you're gonna have like a straight, clear road to this joke on episode two. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> and so on October 14th, 2008, Casey Anthony was slapped with four charges. First degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and providing false information to the police. But still, there was no body. As far as Casey was saying, it was still Zanny the nanny, even though Zanetta Gonzalez had been found, questioned, Jeez. and released, it cleared completely. Everything would change, though, on December 11th, 2008, when someone finally paid attention to Roy Cronk. Nobody ever pays attention to me. <laughs> it's something about my attitude and the way that I dress. Or maybe it's my job, but people don't understand what goes into being me. <laughs> A lot of effort to put on these shoes. <laughs> I like them. Roy Cronk was a regular Joe utility worker who used the small wooded area near the Anthony house as a sometime piss break spot when he was out and about doing his job. All right. And on October 11th, Roy was relieving himself when he saw a suspicious trash bag. Knowing about the Kaylee Anthony search... Kronk called the cops who forwarded him to the tip line, but nobody followed up on the claims of Roy Kronk. Good Lord. Uh, on Roy's next piss at the site, two months later, he noticed something was different. It wasn't just a garbage bag now. Some of whatever was inside had been dragged out by animals in the interim, mm. and Kronk saw something small, round, and white laying on the ground. Stupidly, Kronk picked up a stick and poked at it. And it was pretty obvious by this time that Kronk had found a human skull, but still he couldn't help himself and stuck his stick in the eye socket and lifted it off the mm. ground. He jumped, dropped it, and called it in. Investigators showed up and found the remains of Kaylee Anthony less than half a mile from the Anthony home. Good Lord. Half a mile. 4,200 people involved in the search over three weeks, and none of them found this. Wow. 
And literally, it took a man who had to find it in the most Scooby-Doo episode <laughs> way possible. Yeah, interesting. Where he's going out there to pee, and he finds it, and then just this guy, Roy Kronk, is now involved yeah. Roy, in the story. Roy Kronk is now involved. He's not a hero. Absolutely not. He found not. it. He found it, but what he did after he found it is going to place a... Is, it's just going to well, put I think a big old stinking be, rose into the middle of the, def, of the it was, prosecutor's decision. He's the hero decision, we but, deserve. He's <laughs> yeah. the hero we're going I don't think he get. did it on purpose. He did not. No. No, 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 no. But still, when you find a skull in the, ro- in the woods, don't poke it with a stick. What would you do? Uh, call the cops. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Kaylee Anthony's body had been placed first in a garbage bag. Then whoever dumped the body had carried the body outside the house in a canvas diaper bag and dumped it in this small wooded area, although we have no clear idea of when the body was dumped there. Now, this little area, it's like, you know, when you go around, like, to suburbia or in pretty much any town in America, you've got house, 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 and then, like, you know, maybe... A hundred yards of woods, right. if even that. Maybe even 50 yards of woods. Yeah, small. This is very common in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is very common. A lot of times there'll be housing complexes. There'll be like little wooded areas. Then normally times they'll have like a water reservoir like going through there, like little kind of like retention right. ponds or man-made little lake kind of bullshitty things that are technically are put in to make the housing complexes nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they left them there. It's, the whole point is to be like, look, it's like the, so then they can call like the Shady Glen of Poinsettia <laughs> Way, like all of those weird right. housing complex names now here's where things get interesting remember juliette lewis mm-hmm. check this shit out this is interesting this is good the small wooded area where kaylee was found was between 4701 hope spring drive and 4709 hope spring drive the anthony's lived at 4937 hope spring drive and this is something that i cannot believe hasn't been more widely reported because research assistant rachel Double, actually triple check this on multiple sites and confirmed this after I found this theory on a Casey Anthony blog. The person who lived at 4701 was named Zenaida Almodovar. Over at 4709, that was the residence of a one Peter Gonzalez. Hmm. And so the mystery of Zenaida Gonzalez is more or less solved. Wow. She Kaiser Soze'd it. <laughs> That's crazy. She just did the ending of Usual Suspects. <laughs> she just took the first and last names of two of her neighbors, the two neighbors that lived in between the dump site of the body, hmm. and hoped that it was such an odd name that she'd be able to just ride the kidnapping claim indefinitely, thinking that she was too special for something like forensics, forensics to catch up with her. Wow. Also, I can guarantee I've been in many Orlando apartments. There was a usual suspect's poster up in that apartment <laughs> that she must have seen several times, <laughs> many, many times, Possible. and have thought about it. And usual suspects probably was played several times a week in the apartment. Oh, no. Those people did not watch movies like usual. They did not watch movies, good movies like usual suspect. They watched Jumper. We're getting into speculation here. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's really mind boggling is that according to the last census, there are only 22 women in the United States named Zenaida Gonzalez. All right, so I'm not crazy for thinking it's <laughs> no. a bit of an odd name. It's only no. by sheer coincidence that one of those 22 women happened to be living in Orlando in 2008. Wow. Weird. So in the six-month period 
where the body had laid there. Most of the flesh had rotted off the bones in the swampy Florida summer heat, Mm. and there was no sign of trauma to the skeleton. This made a cause of death impossible to conclusively determine. What they did have, though, was duct tape. Three strips were found, and enough was still on the front of the skull, covering the mouth to hold the mandible in place when it should have long ago separated from the skull. Hmm. Later, when an FBI print examiner tested the tape for fingerprints, the only thing she said she found was adhesive residue in the shape of a heart from a sticker that had long since fallen off and disintegrated in the Florida mud. And that's where we'll pick back up next week. On Casey Anthony Part Two. All right. Wow. Very sad uh, situation. I wonder who did it. (laughs) Well, yeah, we still have to find the real killer, don't we? I, 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 who did it? I hope that we can figure this out next week. Um, uh, Dogmeat did some good footwork, and he thinks he solved the case. I will not solved, but I've actually got a pretty good working theory here uh, for what personally I think happened with Casey Anthony. Yeah, and you know who it was. Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Jack the Really? Yeah, somebody else. Whoever killed wonderful Nicole Brown Simpson. Uh, if the two of them, it's got to be the same guy. Perhaps. You never know. <laughs> well, they were pretty much the same trial. I'll say that much. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Let's see. What do we want to do here? We want to thank everyone uh, for Patreon. Uh, without you, none of this is possible. And uh, we love you all very much. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank uh, some people who sent us uh, some gifts in the mail. I want to okay. thank Britt for sending me uh, an Israel Keys book and a oh. couple of bottles of Iron Brew. Because apparently they're selling it at Publix now. No kidding. Oh. Yeah, what doesn't yeah. Publix bring to us? This is not good news for your Invisalign. I want to <laughs> oh, see what true. it does to your Invisalign. It's a good case study. I uh, want to thank Sarah Toomer over at Milk's Cookies Ooh. for sending a fun little sci-fi book. I want to thank the people over at Spring Heel Jack Coffee. My goodness, lots of coffee. Uh, oh, we got a lot of coffee this week. I want to thank the people over at Spring Heel Jack Coffee for sending us a few bags. That's I great. also want to thank the people over at... Manbot Coffee Roasters for sending us Ooh. a bag as well. You know what? Everyone who is sending Marcus coffee, do you think he needs to be awake more? <laughs> uh, maybe send him some downers, something that can have him rest. You're driving him insane. Um, I'll take some coffee. P.O. Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. That's the, that is the uh, L.A. Uh, uh, the L.A. Studio Mailing a little too desperate for it, though, I think so. <laughs> I we'll, we'll see if it little happens. Thirsty, little thirsty. Little for that, thirsty. For that I just coffee. want coffee. <laughs> and hot sauces. People were sending me hot sauces, and I've been Ooh, hot sauce crazy. I love good hot sauce. Love a good hot sauce, too. Oh, my God. Well, thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on LPN Top Hat, page seven. We really appreciate it, we'll keep on bringing you Wizard and the Bruiser. Wizard and the Bruiser. Brighter Side. Movie with the Mads. You know where to find them. Yeah, and if you want to listen to me do a music show, go over to kpiss.fm. Uh, every Tuesday afternoon from 1 to 3 p.m. Right. Eastern uh, to hear me play some music live. And uh, you can also check out older shows on Mixcloud.com. Real DJ Anonymous. Marcus Real DJ Anonymous <laughs> yeah, over real here. Real DJ Anonymous. Um, and uh, so follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number one. Yep. And follow Last Podcast on the Left. On all of it at LP on the left. And I'm not getting on Vero. 
What is I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It's a no social. It's a it's new a social no, media no, platform. No, so no, 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 no. I'm pretty much already dropped out of all the rest of them. I don't want to have Vero. to get to another one. Vero yeah, sounds like a man one. who steals your girlfriend. <laughs> Vero. It is. No. I, it is. You will lose Brooke to it. Um, hail Satan. Hail yourselves, everyone. Helgeen. Hail me as well. And a magustalations. To one and all. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you? Uh, thank you all so much. It's time for Patreon shoutouts. 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 All right. Should I begin? I'll I'll start it off here. Begun. All right. We got this one fella. His name is Scott Harris. Kayla Champagne. Thank you. Kelly Lyons. Daniel Rate. Damian Ramirez. Jesse Cooley. John Park. Alicia, uh, Alisa or Alicia Libertor. Libertor. Arr. Will Harvey, Tinsel Wolf, Rich Wren, Arula Cotton, Amy Pohanic, Dylan Dotery, Doherty, 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 Spencer, Security Alert, Hannah, Nick Corrado, Gia Gelmete, mm. Gelmete. Kelly Levine, Laura Green, Grant Withers, Paul Patton, Kevin Wilson, Thomas Norton, Colin B, Katie Erdahl, thank you, Nathan Anderson, Marcy Scherzer, George Geiger, Simon Simone Bishop, Zacharias Lopez, Lenny B, Stephen Lee, a couple of rhyme moments here. Oh, That's fun. I like it. Yes, John Marker or John Markux. Or John McCurr. Georgia Grace Hayes, Sean Doherty, Andrew Springer, Madeline Hoffman, Alexandria Upton, Matt Ray, Genevar Barlow, Genevieve Barlow, I hope I pronounced that right, Anthony, Jacqueline Brothers, and Spencer Hughes. Jacqueline Brothers and Spencer Hughes going in together. <laughs> Bunny, Cybohan Thompson. It's S I O B H A N. Siobhan. That's Siobhan. <laughs> is that Siobhan? No, it's Siobhan. Yeah. Is it? All right. Yeah. Thompson. Cor- Corey Duvall. Brittany Phillips. Zach Brown. Kyle Andrew Mooney. Taylor Lynn. Drew Johnson. Rachel Way. Jennifer Seafrain. Royanne uh, or Rowan Peterson. Road. 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 Roan Peterson. Roads. Ashley Curtis, Noel White, Andrew Novak, Kevin Packer, go pack, go, Kevin Packer, and Gary Smith. Hail yourselves. Kristen Bates, Ross Roselle, Madeline Gagger, oh. Madeline Gallagher, I don't want to say Gagger, I'm sorry, Jacob, George Reynolds, Haley McQuiston Zirkel, Britton Jean, Sirius, Christian Just, Wellington Hutzier, John Rivet, Evan Hill, Rangerfer, Claire Teasdale, Allison Grigoletto, Meredith Berry, Anders Lull, Andrew Adams, Jamie Vigil, Claire Fitzpatrick, Amanda Potter, Carrie Kurtz, Flantus23, Gabriel Olson, Brian Hughes, Mikey Bloomberg, Jansky Scott, Vincent Kenny, Jay Hess, Rachel with an AE, two AEs in it. Saray Chael, <laughs> Leslie Lowry, Charlotte Coifo, or Chufo, Deborah Eichstadt, Anna, 
Alan Yee, Christian S- Story, Lena Kadora, Stephen R. Walden, Kevin P., Liz Long, Jennifer Kelly, Lauren Jonquil, who we met in Omaha, who's been a longtime fan, and she's awesome. We had a great Thank time. Thank you. We talked quite a bit. She sat next to us while I was slapping that burger in my mouth. Oh yeah, oh, I was right. there. I was there too. Yeah, she was very nice. Um, Matthew Lazarenko, Patrick Daniel, Caleb Edwards, Lindy Lou, Dylan Green, Kevin Esposito, Jonathan Bouchel, and I'm done. I got Evan Wishman, Elise McMullen, Glyn Williams, Amber Shorrock, Carly Jerome, Sarah McKagan, Andrew Boyer, Nathan Lemay, Stephen Taylor. Matt Temple, Juanita Cucaracha, Samuel Mitchell, <laughs> Madeline Vate, Amber Fordyce, Nima Alizade, Rainbow Robocup, Helen Hemley, Dakota Zambito, Josh Smith. Went to high school with a Josh Smith. No kidding. It's a very <laughs> common name. Josh Smith. Maximilian Murray Hill, Caitlin Polhimus, Marianne Wentworth, Corey Kositz. Sam Grantham, Patrick Clausen, Justin Gray, Erica Lopez, Ellen Swindle, Shane Bronson, Tucker Scoos, Ryan Callahan, Marilyn Metz, Sarah, Lindsay Saunders, Asher Thornton, Tyler Jordan, Kurt Johnson, Jennifer Odom, Shannon Negan, the She Devil. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, Let's see. Watch your footing around that lady. Aaron Scott, Derek Thompson, Leanne Ondick, Corey Dubois, Rook Arendt, Leela Rees, Paul Jordan, Teresa Johns, Suji Choi, Stephanie Wolf, Carla Savard, Marlo Payeja, Scotty Herod, Tahera Cook, Dear Nagard, no, Lauren Deha, Lauren Dehas, Shanna Sanders, Sarah Lutkenhaus, Andrew Carla Wood, and Lear Ozayeta. All right, I've got Leah Moynihan, Carol Homer, Brian McLeod, or Bryn McLeod, Jennifer Bagwell. Hey, Jennifer. Caitlin, Victoria Mallory Myers, the Wicked One, Scott Mills. Mm. Oh, look at that. Uh, Scott Mills. John Pierce Ruland. Ricky Jones. Dennis McCousey. Jenilyn Weiss. Or Jenilyn Weiss. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Elliot Boswell. 27 raccoons. Well, that is a lot of raccoons. A lot of raccoons. It Ronald is. Ronald Barbaris or Barbaris or Barbaris. Barbus? Barbus? Mm, I could say that a bunch. Ronald Barbus. Griffin Silby. Katie Amy Earl. Regan Garside. Peter Junkage or Junkage. Torsten Nasenberg. Thomas Baphomet, is that your real last Whoa, name? Oh, forget it! Yeah, Drew, dead. Metal day. Drew Bailey, a keel dude, a, a chill dude. Oh, it's a chill God. dude. Chill oh, all God. one word. You sound like chill you got a fucking brain aneurysm. Yeah, a chill, it's all one word. A chill dude, a chill dude. Emily Simmons, Rachie K, Kit Oates, Hunter M, Meredith Moore, Thomas Bentley, Aliza, Aliza Gramling, Coily and Cute, Phoebe Ballard, Simon Dacombe, Chelsea Halverson, 
Brendan, Brandon, rather, Brandon Petrie, Mary Van Ravensway, Alex cool. Lowe, Ari Hashimoto, Victoria Crawford, Aaron Enya, Tara O'Brien, Band Library. So that is, that's unfortunate. We shouldn't do that. Band Library, Aiden Pinar, Christopher Rousseau, Matthew McDonald, Paul Palmer. Look at that. Paul Palmer, mm. Matthew Douglas, Paige Danner, Hank Bullington. I like that. Bullington. Allie Sharp, Adam Robson, Alan Lindsay, Aaron Osborne, Spencer Latour, Chelsea Hoolan, Lauren Blem, Chu Toy McCoy, Jenny, uh, Jenny, Rebecca Schwartz, Trillion Astra, and Emmy Lou Musgrave. Hail yourselves. Thank you all so much. Liz Flannery, Greg Cody, Pat Lowry. We have a couple of people that I know well, or sure, either through the internet or in person here in a, in a row for some reason. Colby speaking, who played 666, very on brand. Oh. We know her. Um, she is fashion forward. She is she's full of it, and she's giving it. Hail Satan, Colby. And Naomi Rose West. Also, po- hope you're feeling okay. Hello. She's got a she's got a GoFundMe. So look at that, Naomi Rose West. Yes. Uh, I hope you're doing good, girl. Um, Mandy and Jake Donaldson, Ken Thompson, Anna Ryan, Corey Felt, Roxanne Davis, Zach Chapman, Elisa Jackman, Mars Budzuski, Stephen Morris, Alex Alexis, Roshna Sutaria. Wes Hazard, Will Kitely, Alex Alexis, Stacy Grillo, Adam, Andrew Weisbeck, Brittany Ely, Harrison Nelson, Daniel Gillette, Alexis Den, Anaximander, Kyle Grody, Cassandra, Patricia Duty. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's ruined your life. Nick Owen, Spencer, James Rose, Claire McDonald, Brian Robinson, Jeff Ladd. Casey Gresseth, Neil Hehe, it's too H H E H E. Katie Wolfus, Paul Miller, John or Jan Savage, Tyler mm. Duncan, Lauren Sidney Colson, Lorraine Hinkle, Einhorn and Hinkle, Hinkle huh. and Einhorn. La- La- I think it was Lauren, Finkel. Is it Lorraine Lauren Hinkle. Lorraine Hinkle. Hinkle. Ah. Went to college with a Lauren Hankel. A lot of people reminding you of other people. (laughs) EJ Harden, Matt Kelly, Humdidi, Humdidi, Sylvia C., Samantha Standridge, Tyler Osborne, Max Bones, Alexander Marquise, Natalie, Savona Abondo, Adam McWaters, Alicia Ford, Alex Schmidt, Emily Podwini, or Podwini, David Gashaw, David Gashaw and Patrick D. Gertner. Hail Satan and thank you for your money. Rounding it all out, I got Lily Germeroth, Amanda Woodbridge, Ruth Kaleke, hmm. Ethan Hermer, Megan Mers, Holly Ellis, Jane, Chris and Christine Cannon, possibly brother and sister, huh. Chris Heiskell, Russell Martin, Bethany Brazell, Patrick R. Fay. Hewan Kim, Asia Kibby, Percy Jabroni, Sydney Saint, Mike Drozd, Jay Trest, Ellen Elias, or Elon Elias, excuse me, oh. Connie Lingus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rachel, Christopher Horton, 
Rosemary Moore, Chris Leonard, Jesse Edwards, Samuel Lanacombe Oliver, Sven Stormbeard, Aaron Jensen, Nick Halverson, Molly Hollinger, David, Stephen Machuga, Marika, Anthony Beamer, Jack Stone, Sam and Mandy Moody, oh. Moody, Sam and Mandy Moody, cool, oh. Ho- Holly Keese, Kaki Gorton, Sam Walker, Desiree Pebworth, the Jacketless Wonder. <laughs> That's the funniest superhero ever. Just like hangs out in a warm climate. Does that have a jacket? I like it when it's 65 and over. Sarah Kinsella, Hunter Young, Dan Sanchez Silva, Suqua Medic, Hannah Grabner, Carrie Berger, Anthony Carbajal, Zoe Duck, Billy Sim, Trent Nielsen, Tom Gore, Brooke Tolley, John Mangrum. Don Cribb, Alan Tracy, Lindsey Barnes, Charlotte Azeltine, Jack Hansley, and Stephen Petroski. All right. Thank, thank you so much, everyone. Thank I you all so much. I think someone put a suck on my deek in there. I think that's a, su- a suck on my deek. Suck on my deek. <laughs> yeah. Let me yeah. see that. Hold on a second. I'm pretty certain. Let's, let's me just do a quick little check here. That's a Colbert fight. joke, but it's very funny. Ah. Uh, could that could go either way? <laughs> um, Hail Satan again! Thank you for your money. We love you. Yes, Is thank you good? so very much. Yes, thank you all. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. You can live out your Master Chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.